everyone. It's Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com Security Boulevard. You're listening to another DevOps chat. We have a really good chat for today. I'm, I'm joined by my friend Eric Sheridan from White Hat Security. And White Hat recently did a survey that Eric's going to talk about that I think really, you know, for some of the questions at least, get to the heart of the whole DevSecOps movement and who, you know, who who's, cares about security how are we doing with it, et cetera. But let me bring Eric on first. Eric, are you there? Yes, I am. Hey, Alan, thanks for having me. Fantastic. It's our pleasure to have you on. Eric, just before we get started, maybe a quick, you know, your title at White Hat, and maybe there are people out here who don't know White Hat, give them a little background. Sure, sure. So my name is Eric Sheridan. I'm a chief scientist over here at White Hat Security. And at White Hat Security, we're very much focused on enabling organizations and people uh, to build more secure software. And being in that position, uh, that gives us a unique perspective when it comes to supporting development teams, whether it be the DevOps, Agile, or Waterfall, whatever other methodologies or you know, principles may guide that team. At the end of the day, we're focusing whatever it is we can do to help you all build software securely. Fair enough. And Eric, in terms of your own personal background, just so people want to, you know, know who's talking. Can you give them a little bit of your of your history of your you know how you got here today? Absolutely. I actually started out in application security as a consultant uh, for maybe five plus years where I was focusing on things like code review, penetration tests, threat modeling, training. And one of the things that allowed me to excel in that position was my development background. So I'm also actively developing software, I build tools. And that gave me a unique perspective on uh, the security challenges facing development teams. So much so that in 2011, I actually uh, co-founded a company called Infrared Security, uh, whereby I was building uh, a static analysis or static application security testing technology uh, that was eventually acquired by White Hat Security. And so I joined the team at White Hat Security from there to help productize uh, a lot of the hands-on experience I've had over the years uh, in an effort to very much uh, automate a lot of the security testing and the guidance uh, that before it just took days and weeks, right? And so I, uh, goodness, 15 plus years in this space, uh, it's flying by, um, but having a good time doing it. So just another newbie. Just, yeah, just another newbie, exactly. Excellent. So Eric, can, um, can you uh, give our audience maybe a little background on uh, the survey that you guys did? Absolutely. So at Developer Week Austin, which was this past November, uh, we implemented something we call the Developer Security Sentiment Study. And in the study, we actually went around to a little over 100 developers, put them on the spot, and asked them some direct questions, some pointed questions around application security. And it was pretty interesting. The results are pretty interesting in that, you know, if I tried to boil it down into three themes, um, with the first being that there is uh, a clear, uh, that developers see the importance of security, but that there is a skill shortage. So if I could just throw out a couple numbers, 75% said they worry about security, 85% said they mark it as port important, but barely a half of everybody we, uh, we interviewed actually had any dedicated security staff in their, in their team or their organization. So, you know, the, the DevSecOps movement is very much resonating in that development teams, they see the value of security, 
but at the same time, you know, the investment into dedicated security people, uh, we're still seeing a skill shortage in that in that market. Okay, uh, there, there absolutely is. There's always, and there's, there's projected to be a skills skills shortage for years to come. Eric, um, so if you had to boil it down, what, you know, give us the three top things though, and and maybe also include, you know, what what you kind of were uh, what most surprised you. Sure. Uh, so. So the, the three things that if I had to boil it down to were around uh, there was being a, a skill shortage that it, to, as a result, we're scanning faster. But the, the third being that um, we are inundated with results and we're not acting fast enough. And so uh, the part that's uh, perhaps I'm jaded. None of these seem to surprise me too much these days. Uh, but the skill shortage was very clear, right? Uh, and in response to that, what we're seeing is uh, security teams and security tooling trying to fit more appropriately to support you know, fast-paced CI/CD um, DevOps types of environments. And you know, looking at the results, about two-thirds of all the developers that we interviewed say they run automated security testing at least once a week, a third of which said they run at least once a day. And compared to five years ago, even, that's a pretty substantial jump. So from an automation and operation standpoint, that's a plus. Uh, the part that uh, was a little um, unfortunate uh, and close to being you know, surprising would be the fact that uh, we're not responding, we as, as people, stakeholders in application development are not responding fast enough. Um, if you look at the White Hat stats report, just as one example, uh, you'll see that the average time to fix and the number of days it fit takes to fix a critical security vulnerability is 139 days. And wow. so that, that was very alarming to me. Um, and that's just something we, you know, we pull from stats reports and is supported by you know, similar reports from other uh, players in this industry. But I bring that up because the other piece that we were able to garner from this developer week uh, study is 70% of the developers that we spoke to said they had no application security certification, whether it be in their current job or their previous job. And that was really unfortunate for me to hear. Uh, as, as somebody who is, is who claims to, you know, states that their purpose is to support development teams. Because here we are finding vulnerabilities fat at an increasingly faster rate to overcome a skill shortage using automation and tools. But at the end of the day, we can produce results incredibly fast, but if we're not supporting the people, development teams, uh, to be aware of these issues, through things like training, uh, then you know what is the value of finding those results so fast? And so I guess that's the part that I was I was slightly shocked and a little bit uh, you know concerned about was you know seventy percent of the developers not having certifications, but I view that as an opportunity as well, right? There's a pro and con to, to every data point that you have, and and the opportunity of the pro is to to make more progress in helping teams build more secure software. There needs to be a greater emphasis on people. Uh, and the best way that I've seen to do that is through awareness training, through security training, um, 
And I see that as an opportunity to really help and enable development teams uh, that clearly view this as important uh, to be able to respond uh, more quickly to vulnerabilities that are being pushed out at an increasingly faster rate by all these various tools and forms of automation. Agreed. So if you don't mind, let me, let me give a little color commentary here, Eric. You're right, we don't have enough security people and it is a skills gap. And even if we did, I don't know if we're ever a, ever going to, you know, have enough budget to have enough security people where we have like a dedicated security person for every every developer team. I just don't I just don't think it's in the cards. I, I think yeah, I think it's prohibitively business model wise, it's prohibitively expensive. I agree. Yeah, and I, I, uh, it, it is expensive. It, it is not scalable. Right? Yeah. And at age where we're focused on reducing costs and being ever increasingly more scalable, that, that solution just doesn't right. work. That, that doesn't work. So now, we, so now we realize, okay, so we need, we need to take a security person on each team out of the equation, which means we need to, number one, automate as much possible about the security. But number two, we need to make these security tools usable by non-security professionals, aka the developers, the DevOps teams, the QA people, etc., and that seems to be where the the market is headed. Right, that's where a lot yeah. of the successful teams are going. But it, it creates for an interesting, you know, power play. I don't know if power play is the right word, but so here's the deal. The, the the tools are automated and made to be used by non-security people. Right. But yet the security team still has to approve them. And the budget for these things comes out of the security budget. Right. And so, yeah, there's an interesting dynamic at play there between the development teams and the security teams. And uh, increasingly, security teams are finding that as they go to you know, shift left, using that phrase, you know, to find vulnerabilities earlier, to provide that automation earlier to support development teams, the development teams, rightfully so, have a greater say in what technologies will or will not work for them. And so if you're, if you're a CISO or you're a director of application security or, or in some way, shape or form responsible for you know, uh, acquiring these tools to, to facilitate this automation, you know, you may have the final say in terms of writing the check, but if you want to be successful, your champion needs to be the, the development team. And what I've seen really work with organizations is a security team will go in, evaluate a few uh, uh, solutions, whether they be manual, automated, or a mix of both, uh, and sort of maybe select three, three or so that fit their needs from a, whether it be compliance or security perspective. And then present those to the development teams and effectively say, look, you know, we'll, we'll cover the budget for this. We want you to derive value out of this. This meets our needs from what, what the goals we're trying to achieve. What works best for you with these solutions uh, to make sure that you can continue to hit your milestones from a product perspective? Mm -hmm. And so that's the kind of state that we're in today, uh, increasingly so. There are a handful of organizations out there. Uh, I, 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 there's a number that, that's coming to mind. It's like 10% or less. And that's probably from a conversation with some analysts that uh, where development teams are deciding and paying for and budgeting for security solutions. 
And so, you know, with, with the SEC coming in between Dev and Ops to become DevSecOps is one thing. I'm not much of a fortune teller, but I wouldn't be too surprised if we see that increase where development teams start to account for budget and select uh, the security solutions that work uh, for them, particularly when it comes to integrating within development tooling and processes. Excellent. I agree. I agree. Um, you know something, though, Eric, and, and this is a, it's an interesting thing, and we spoke about it off, off mic earlier. You know, th there's really sort of two tribes, and, it, and, it, and it's, it's a really interesting, you know, comparison when you look at answers from one to the other. So when you look at the security people and what it is they hope to accomplish and how, and then you speak to the developers in DevOps and what it is they hope to accomplish and how. You know, they both they all want the same thing. We all want better security. We want more secure applications. We want no one wants to be the victim of a breach or a right. or what have you. But our attitudes of what's the best way to accomplish it, though they they're much more in line than where they were, let's say five years ago, even, could still use a little calibration. I, I would I would agree with that. Uh, you know, calibration could come in the form of uh, just uh, you know some, something like Dev DevOps or DevSecOps. That's one of the, the the key value propositions I see is sort of the coming together of, of diverse uh, teams to to meet some common objective, and through collaboration and discussion and an understanding of each each team's needs and goals, we can have better solutions. So I think you and I were talking about some of the needs and goals of the security team, right? They they would they would make some claims that you know maybe the development team does not know about security or uh, does not care about security, which we've demonstrated is clearly not the case. And at the same time, the development team may feel security is too complex or it's holding them back and that they can't use the tools. And now through the the, the developer survey that we have here, we're seeing that's no longer the case because they're adopting more of these tools. And so, yeah, just understanding each other's perspective and goals can really help for a better relationship here. And at the end of the day, to build more secure software, we cannot live in silos. We cannot throw guidelines over the wall and expect anybody to read them or act on them. Uh, and I think what's encouraging is through initiatives like, like you're doing here, Alan, with DevOps, and uh, some of the, the initiatives I see going on in the industry, um, that, that, that that bridge is being established and that connectivity is growing. It just takes time. Change is hard and it's just, it's not an easy thing to do. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. But hey man, I, you know, we're getting near the end of our time and I don't want to end this thing on a, a downer. I, I think we both agree we've made progress. There's work to be done and even, you know, just getting developers uh, involved as you said, has not necessarily brought down the average time to fixing a vulnerability. Um, but we need we need to we need to do something. But but we're making progress. I, I you know maybe I'm a half a glass half full kind of guy, but I, I do believe in that. Well, I'll, I appreciate you saying that, uh, that you're glass half full, because I sometimes joke that I'm at glass half empty. So there's a nice balance. All right, with so our, there, there we go. Dynamics here. Balance. Yeah. But if I had to take the glass half full approach, I, I would say that um, it's very encouraging for me to see so many development teams view security as important and the willingness to adopt uh, automated security testing technologies. 
I mean, two thirds of the developers that we that we interview testing at least once a week. Uh, several years ago, that, that would be unheard of. And so that's great. And so now the next challenge is, is how quickly can we act on the results? Um, and that's a great opportunity for us to mature the space even further. Yep. Agreed. Hey, when we started this, Eric, before I started recording, I told you the time goes incredibly quickly. We're just about out of time here. Um, but with RSA coming up, I just wanted to get a quick kind of plug in. You guys are going to be at RSA this year? Oh, absolutely. And people can come by and, and maybe speak to some folks there about some of the findings on this. Yeah, that would be great. We would love to hear feedback and the, any personal stories or experiences that you have when it comes to implementing security. Um, we'd love to hear it. Excellent. Eric Sheridan, White Hat Security, our guest here on DevOps Chat. Thanks for joining us, Eric. Hope to see you soon. Well, we'll, we'll see you next month at RSA. That sounds great. Thank you, everybody. Thank you, Alan. All right. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com and Security Boulevard. You've just listened to another DevOps Chat. Have a great day, everyone.